Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi everyone, and welcome to Devraga Personal Finance episode 88. And in this episode, I thought I will discuss the concept of utility. and then go into something called utility theory. In the upcoming episodes, I will discuss other theories such as the prospect theory and disposition effect. Now this episode is an extension of my initial episode on behavioral finance. If you haven't listened to it, it's episode 67. If you're interested, I think it's worthwhile going back and listening to it first. As we know, finance is mostly behavior, 80%, and only 20% is about knowledge. Time and time again I come across questions about investing, debt reduction, home loan management, saving strategies. But with any strategy, there is an element of behavior. Humans don't always make rational choices, and there are theories behind this as to why this may be the case. And that's the topic in the next couple of episodes. For those of you that are new to the channel, remember there are three aims. Number 1 is to educate educate yourself and get some financial literacy. Number 2 is use that knowledge to feel empowered so that when you go and ask for advice from your financial advisor, your banker, whoever it may be, you feel empowered to ask the right questions. And number 3, be entertained. This is mainly for fun, but also to be able to understand that um your finances is an important element in your life. We spend so much time planning our holidays, our travel arrangements, our kids education, what we eat for dinner, our weekends, our movies, but we spend not much time on looking at the most important thing when it comes to money and that is your financial literacy. Now, just a disclaimer, this is not a financial podcast in terms of your personal personalized financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I an accountant. I'm not a lawyer or a financial planner. Make sure you take any financial decisions after listening to this podcast and take it to your personal financial advisor. Now if you're stuck on what to do on principles, here are some basic steps to get you in the right track when it comes to saving, investing and personal finance in general. In my humble view, there are five easy steps which anybody could follow. Step 1 is pay yourself first. Take 20% of your after-tax money and put it aside. that is your pay yourself money never to be touched ever again until retirement step 2 is invest that money what to invest in it doesn't really matter invest in something that you understand or want to understand for me i understand the stock market i invest in index funds so i invest in index funds step 3 reinvest dividends what does that mean when you invest in things that produce an income and that income is called a dividend you got to take that and put it back into that investment the power of compounding is real step 4 do it for the long term 20 30 or even 40 years plus and step 5 my favorite always try and automate this process as much as you possibly can 
By automation, you're less likely to forget and you're less likely to, you know, just randomly spend that money as well. If you did these simple five steps in the long run, you're more likely to end up with more money than you'll ever need. With money, it's just a tool. Remember, it doesn't bring happiness. Just use it as a tool to make your life a bit better. But most importantly, use it as a tool to make the lives of people around you better. Now to the main topic, utility theory. Now, utility theory or the expected utility um, is something that's a very interesting concept. And after this podcast, on the next episode, we'll talk about the evolution of that, which is the prospect theory, and then go on and discuss about the disposition effect. Before we go into the utility theory in detail, we need to define utility. What is utility? Utility is an economic concept, which is a measure of total satisfaction received from doing something, for example, by consuming a product or consuming a service. The rationality here is people do things is expected to maximize the utility. Why would you do things to minimize the utility? You're going to do things to try and maximize the utility. So why is this important in economics? Well, if a business or service's main product maximizes utility for a consumer, then the consumer is happy and this is a good thing for the business. If the business or service's main product provides little to no utility to consumers, then it's not likely to succeed. And the consumer demand and the pricing of that product or service is all dependent on the product or service's utility to the consumer. So it's a feedback loop. If a business produces a product or service that has great utility to the consumer, more consumers are going to consume it. And as a result, the business can drive up its profits by increasing its price based on the demand for that particular product or service. But the crux of the matter is it has to be providing some utility to the end consumer. In other words, utility can be described as usefulness. If a product or service is useful, then it has high utility. The problem though, usefulness is dependent on whose perspective. Let's use an example. If you're a 20-year-old IT student in Victoria right now who's studying to be a computer systems engineer, the utility of a brand new computer as a gift is very high for you. Given the current COVID crisis in Victoria, it makes sense to have a nice computer which is capable of remote learning. But if you were given a travel voucher in Victoria for an overseas holiday, for example, and you're the same 20-year-old IT student, its usefulness to you or the utility to you is very, very low or next to nothing, at least for the next six months. Now, the principle of utility theory was first sort of um, discussed by Daniel Bernoulli in the 18th century. And he first came up with this concept of utility, which has since morphed into various economic theories and most recently led to the proposition of the prospect theory. I'll discuss this in more detail in an upcoming episode. Now, there are various forms or types of utility. Let's break it down. The first type of utility is called ordinal utility. This just means that people can rank the utility of various goods and services. It also leads into a concept called marginal utility, which I will go into detail a bit later in this episode. The second type of utility is cardinal utility. This is when utility can be directly measured 
and therefore given a specific value or a unit. Economists give this unit a name called a util. Therefore, one util represents the amount of psychological satisfaction a specific good or service generates for people in various situations. Now, we're getting into really geeky economic concepts once again, so bear with me. The basic premise here is to quantify the actual utility of something. The problem with this unit is that it's not transferable. What does that mean? Well, giving something a util rating doesn't mean it can be transferred to other people because utility is a very personal concept. We discussed about the 20-year-old IT student. The concept of utility of a computer to him or her is going to be much higher than giving them a travel voucher. So the concept of utility is usefulness for a particular person or a personalized situation. So the utility of a product or services is not the same for me as it is for you. Having said this, utils can be used for businesses if they could find out how many utils an individual judges their goods or services. Let's use a real life example to highlight this point. Supposing I go into Hungry Jack's. I want to get a meal which is filling. For me, a Whopper with cheese meal has a util of, say, 10. But to me, a double Whopper with cheese meal has a util of 15 because I haven't had breakfast and now I'm really hungry. But in reality, I'm actually craving for ice cream and I place the utility value of 20 on it. If Hungry Jack's knew this, they could price the products according to my utility. That is, the ice cream would be the most expensive for me, then double Whopper with cheese would be the most expensive, and then the regular Whopper meal would be the least expensive. The other thing is, notice how the util would change if I had breakfast, because I may not be more hungry, and if I choose to eat the ice cream last, I may not be as hungry and have the same craving, which means the utils I give to each of those meals will change depending on the various situation that I'm in. Using this in the financial world, your money has some utility. It has a lot of utility, actually, and that money can be used between a myriad of choices in terms of investments. Some investments provide more utility to others than you, and other investments don't. And of course, depending on what stage of life you're in, the level of utility provided per investment is highly variable. The third type of utility is called marginal utility. This is something that I bet you a lot of you will relate to. I certainly did. This is when the same goods or service is being consumed multiple times. The utility of that good or service may change, may even become less as you consume it more. Let's use an example. Suppose you're eating pizza. The first slice is often the most tasty, the most fulfilling, the most psychologically fulfilling. As you near the last slice, you're almost full. So the utility derived, that is, the satisfaction from that last slice, or the usefulness derived from eating that last slice, may not be the same as the first slice. This happens to me in real life. I find this very true in most things that we do in life. The first time you drive your brand new car, it's awesome. But as you drive it more and more, it becomes less awesome. So using the utils as a measuring tool, the first slice might be worth 10 utils, the second slice worth 8 utils, and the last slice may only be worth 1 util. Therefore, the marginal utility of the final slice is just 1 util. That is the concept of marginal utility. 
Using ordinal util as an example, the first three slices might be eaten by you, the fourth slice could be shared, and the rest packed for lunch tomorrow. That is using ordinal utility in the sort of real life example of eating a pizza. The final utility concept which is important is called total utility. This is just adding up all the utils for a particular goods and service. So if you only eat three slices of the pizza and the util for the first slice is 10 and the second one is eight and the third one is six utils, the total utility is simply 10 plus eight plus six, which is 24 utils. So that's utility. It's a pretty dry and boring topic, but I guess the biggest take home message is utility is usefulness of a particular product or business um, product or services that a business produces to you. And that can be a very personalized um, uh, concept. So then what is utility theory? Utility theory basically summarizes the utility uh, of a particular good or service has to you. The theory then goes on to summarize that most people are risk averse or loss averse. And I've discussed about this in detail in episode 43. Um, so if you're interested, go back and listen to that. Utility theory also explains that everyone is rational when they make decisions. So let's use an example. Suppose you play heads or tails by flipping a coin. Your choice is this. If it gets you heads, you get a hundred bucks. If it gets you tails, you get nothing. That's option one. Or you can take the 50 bucks right now without flipping the coin. Which option would you choose? Which option would most people choose? Option B, of course. That is getting the 50 bucks in hand right now will have the greatest utility for the most people rather than taking the risk of flipping the coin and losing it all, i.e., most people are loss averse. Notice I didn't say winning a hundred bucks by flipping a coin. I said losing it all. The human mind automatically becomes loss averse. And this example is also used in prospect theory to be discussed in the next episode. Using a specific financial example, supposing you had no money and suddenly won a thousand dollars, the utility of that thousand dollars is going to far exceed if you won that same $1,000, but you already had a million dollars in the bank account. Hence, the saying, money is just a tool, it doesn't bring you any more happier after a certain extent. Now that we know that utility is and what utility theory is, we should briefly discuss the expected utility. What's that? We already discussed about the utility of $1,000 for an already millionaire versus someone who doesn't have much money. The latter person will find more utility for that $1,000 than the millionaire. Here is another example. Supposing you pay a dollar for a lottery which has a reward of a million dollars, you are relatively poor. A wealthy person comes along and offers you to buy your lottery ticket for $100,000. You're likely then to sell the lottery ticket and pocket the 100 k because the expected utility from the remaining $900,000 diminishes. In other words, the utility for you for the first $100,000 having cash in hand is likely more than what you get from the rest of the $900,000, even if you won that million dollar lottery. Supposing we turn the tables. Supposing now the rich person has the dollar lottery ticket to win a million dollars, and another rich person offers to buy the lottery ticket for, let's say, the same 100k. 
it's unlikely the lottery holder this time, who's already rich, will sell. Now, before we finish up, I want to highlight why utility and various subtypes and expected utility is a very real phenomenon in our day-to-day lives. This may sum it all up for you in your own personal life. Insurance products. Why do we buy them? I've discussed about personal insurance before in Episodes 5 and also private health insurance in Episode 59, if you're interested. Let's take a look at insurance and try to marry the expected utility into it. We can define expected utility is basically the weighted average of all the possible outcomes under certain circumstances, and each possible scenario has a specific weight to it. This is how insurance companies calculate their premiums. It's a very dry and boring topic. In other words, under uncertainty, i.e. we don't know what the future holds, the weighted average of all possible levels of utility will best represent the utility of any given point in time. So how does insurance work? We buy insurance, we pay a premium. For this premium, what do we get? We get peace of mind. We get tax deductions, especially for income protection, for example. We perhaps get a payout at the end of the term. All of this is the expected utility. Comparing this to not having the insurance, we can save that money and invest it for the long term. That's if you don't have insurance. So let's look at reality. Scenario one. A catastrophe happens medically and you're rendered unable to work until until the age of um, 65. Income protection pays out a fixed amount for the rest of your working life and therefore the insurance product has provided a great utility for you. Your insurance has had great expected utility. This is even better if the catastrophe happens earlier in the insurance premium. I'm talking about finances here. I'm not talking about, I don't want any catastrophes in anyone's life. But you can see how when people say, well, I'm getting insurance, I'm not getting much for it. Well, if you get much for it, the back end is that you have a life catastrophe, but the front end is that you get some money out of it. Scenario two for the same income protection insurance is you actually don't get sick. You never use the insurance payouts and all of the premiums is wasted over 40 years. The expected utility and utility in general in that scenario is not very good. Notice how depending on the scenario, the expected utility and the utility changes. That's critical for you to understand. Now, you can see how utility is something that we use almost every day. Most of the listeners, I would hope, have some sort of personal insurance. That is utility. That is expected utility. But perhaps we don't realize this is a concept most widely practiced by most of us. That's about it for this episode. It's a relatively short episode. In upcoming episodes, I'll go into prospect theory and disposition effect. Stay tuned for those. Thank you very much for questions, likes and comments via Facebook, Anchor app, CastBox app, etc. Remember to like Devraga Facebook page. Shout out to questions and comments again and topic suggestions. Really appreciate that. You keep me on my toes. Um, Share this channel with family and friends via the Anchor app, CastBox app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Player FM, or devraga.com directly. And remember, always pay yourself first. Always take that 20% of after-tax income and put it aside, never to be touched ever again, and make this a habit. Behavioral finance is really important to understand because finance is 80% behavior and 20% knowledge. 
Habits are important and long-lasting. Learn about utility, learn about expected utility theory, and how it affects you in personal finance. This is Devraga Personal Finance, episode 88. And as always, please, please stay safe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.